Good morning. Welcome. This is James McPeters, Evangelistic Ministry. And just let me say Merry Christmas. Hopefully next Saturday when we get together, we will be back at uh, Gail and Eddie's house. But uh, you're welcome to join me again in my study. As always, we, we covet your prayers. My wife yesterday, was it was two weeks since she went into the hospital. It's been two weeks since I've seen her. Just continue to pray for her, continue to pray for the entire team as we are trying to stay safe, keep each other safe, and still get the Word of God out. We've, we decided several weeks ago that we would go separately or, or not meet together in the house. And uh, we've just I've been thankful. I appreciate the team for allowing me the opportunity to, to broadcast on the James McPeters Evangelistic Ministry Facebook page. Uh, if you're a very observant person, you can see that I'm also wearing a lapel mic. I do a podcast, and I'm doing this as a podcast, so I'm doing dual duties here today. I'm actually cheating, if you will. I'm using the, the ministry as the podcast, and the podcast is the ministry, so it, it works out, though. But next Saturday, we should we are, we are hoping to be back together as a team. And, you know, next Saturday... Christmas 2020 is going to be in our rearview mirror. The new year, 2021, will be in our windshield. I don't know what 2021 is going to hold. Nobody does. But I know who holds that new year. And I know who holds me. So I know no matter what happens, it's not going to take God by surprise. And he's going to get me through it somehow. He's going to get you through it somehow. It's just a matter of waiting on him on his time. If you have a prayer request, please put it out on Facebook on this on this broadcast. We will pray for you. You can also write to us at James Smith Peters Evangelistic Ministry, P.O. Box 184, and that's in Cramerton, North Carolina, and that's 28032. Or you can put it out on outofthecode.net. I apologize that there's no music the last several weeks, but uh, you definitely do not want me singing, that's for sure. But today, we've got, a, we've got a lot of territory to cover. And if I had to title this, it would be the death, the birth and the death of Jesus. Now, if you watched last week, I'm going to replow some territory, if you will. If you'll let me use an old mountain expression. And we're going to go back, to, we're going to stay in the book of Luke today, and like last week where we was all over the Old Testament, and in Luke, but we're going to go to Luke chapter 2, and we're going to start there. We all know that that's the birth story. It's the most prominent, it's the most well-known of the birth stories. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Serenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. 
And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you this day. We thank you for allowing us the opportunity once more to, to read and study your word together. We thank you, Lord, for being here through this year, through this time of sickness. Lord, we thank you for what you did at Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, for what you did on the cross of Calvary in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. Lord, we thank you for your shedding of your blood so that we have a way to get home to you. Lord, we ask that you'll move, that you'll touch on the sicknesses. Lord, that you'll touch and move, Lord, on those that are sick, either with the virus or for whatever reason, God. And we ask, Lord, that you'll move and that you'll touch, that you'll open up our ears of understanding and our hearts, Lord, that we can hear, we can receive. And Lord, that you'll touch and move and anoint my lips as I endeavor to bring forth this message here this day. Lord, in Jesus' sweet and holy name I pray. Amen. And again, please put out on Facebook any prayer request. We know that this is, as I said, one of the most common, most well-known stories of the birth. We know that Jesus was born in a stable, in a manger, because there was no room for them, for Mary, Joseph, or the baby, in Bethlehem that night because everybody was coming to be taxed. Now, that was not a coincidence. It was ordained of God. I don't believe in coincidences. I believe that God is in charge of it all. I don't believe that God would put more on us than we can bear, but I do know that sometimes we put more on us. Now that night, laying there, manger, Mary and Joseph looking at that new baby, she understood, he understood. They understood to a point what was going on around them. I don't know that they fully understood all of what Christ would do as a man or as a young boy. I don't know that they understood that. I don't know that they was privy to that information. You know, we, we don't know everything that he done. It said in the book of John, I believe it was, that if all of his acts and deeds was written in down, that the world could not contain the volumes of books. We don't, we don't grasp, we don't understand the power of Christ. We don't understand his mercies. We don't understand his blessings. We see in part. We see a little bit. We don't understand it all. We're trying to make a best, uh, I won't say best guess, because hopefully that no minister is standing in the pulpit or sitting in a chair or wherever guessing at what's going on. But what I'm saying is God reveals to us his plan as his plan is unveiled to us. He's not going to tell us everything. He's not going to show us everything that's happening because if he did, it'd scare us to death. 
But what he will do is, once we come to that, that mountain, that valley of the shadow of death, if you was listening a few weeks ago, we, we discussed the valley of the shadow of death. Once we come to that valley, he will walk with us, he will reveal to us, and we will see a little bit more of his plan. There was something else, now, I stopped there last week, but there was something else that happened that night, and I want to cover that. We're going to cover a lot of scriptures today. Reading on in, in verse 8 of Luke chapter 2, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swollen clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. It came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the same which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. The shepherds was the first evangelist. Think about that a second. Common, everyday shepherds were the first evangelists. Now, in Christ's ministry, after he grows up to be a man, we see the woman at the well. And she goes into the city, and she says, Come and see this man has told me all things about myself. And I'm using my own words. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, if you don't mind. She was the first evangelist of Christ's ministries. But the shepherds were the very first evangelist of Christ. Common, everyday folk. See, guys, it doesn't take a, a degree. It doesn't take initials after your name. It doesn't take a fancy church. It just takes an open and willing heart to tell people about Jesus. The shepherds was watching their, field, their sheep in the fields. The angels came and said that Christ was born. They with haste made off and went to see this babe. And then they went and told everybody they knew, everybody that they saw. And everybody wondered at this, what the shepherds was telling them. And I believe that there was so much wonderment that people appeared at the manger to see this babe and this woman and this man, this mother and this father. Can I ask, what have you done? What have you said? Who have you told? Sobering thought. We can always tell more. We can always do more. It's not about works, lest any man should boast. But if I was to give each of you a million dollars, I can't. But if I was to give each viewer a million dollars, wouldn't you tell people? Wouldn't you go and blab it? Wouldn't you go and talk about it? And next week, this ministry would have been exploded. 
and we have a good viewer but you know if we if only one person views it's worth telling about Jesus and we have several hundred probably that watches this on a weekly monthly basis whatever but if this ministry was to give you a million dollars apiece for everybody that's going to watch this today next week there'll be triple quadruple but what we're telling you is even more important and even more in value than a million dollars so I encourage you please share please share the gospel please share this ministry not it's not about who's talking it's not about who's singing it's about who we're talking about and who we're sharing about now as I said I'm gonna title this the birth and the death why did I go there well see that Christmas is the promise but Easter is that promise fulfilled. We couldn't have the cross of Calvary if we didn't have a birth. Now, he could have come down as a regular adult male. Sure, he could have. I don't know that the story would have uh, had so much prominence and had so much traction, if you will, if that had happened. It would be more magical and stuff. This, this way, we watch Christ grow up through the Gospels, through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We, we watch him in his ministry. We watch him as a 12-year-old boy teaching and preaching in the synagogue. We understand that Christ was just like us in the fact that he was raised just like us, just like we have been. Even in the 21st century, Christ was born and raised just like us. He had a mom, he had a dad. He had a mother, he had a father. He went to school. He had learned to trade. He was a carpenter a few weeks ago. We talked about him being a carpenter and how great of a carpenter he was because he took three nails and two pieces of wood and built a bridge to heaven in eternity. So you can't have Christ being born in the Bethlehem. You can't leave him there in the manger. He grew up. He walked the shores of Galilee. He, he invited 12 men to follow him. He invited others to follow him. He taught and preached in the synagogues. He healed the sick, the lame, those that are unable to hear, unable to talk, unable to see. He healed the leprosy. But he loved people. He forgave their sins. But he loved people. He took no he was no respecter of person. He didn't care. Not that he didn't care about the people. He didn't care who the people were. None like us. Oh, you know, we our friends are just like us or they compliment us. Christ went to the world. He said, I come for the sick, the halt, the lame, the blind, those that has issues. I came for them. He's still coming for them. He's still coming for those of us that are on our path and, and we're facing those mountains, those obstacles. Last two weeks has been extremely hard on me, and, uh, and I'm just saying that from my perspective. I can only imagine what it's been like for my wife in the hospital for, for two weeks. Not as long as some that I know, not as short as others. But Christ came for her. Christ came for me. And he's kept us focused. He's kept us going. 
in this time of separation. This is the first time in 34 years that we've been separated this long. We've been, you know, I've been away on business. I work for a company. She's been away on business. She works for a company. It's usually a week or less. So this is the longest that she and I have been apart. But through it all, I know Christ has kept us. I know through it all that God has been with us. Now, I'm not going to read all of the scriptures from uh, Luke chapter 23, but that's where we're going to next. We've seen Christ born. We've seen Christ as a 12-year-old in, in the synagogue's teaching. We've seen him as a young man. At the wedding of Cana, we see him changing the water to wine. We see him doing all of these miracles, but the greatest miracle comes in Luke chapter 23. The whole multitude of them arose and led him unto Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidden to give tribute to Caesar. It's a total lie. Saying that he himself is Christ a king. And Pilate asked him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? And he answered him and said, Thou sayest it. Then said Pilate to the chief priest and to the people, I find no fault in this man. And they were more fierce, saying, He steereth up the people, teaching throughout all Jewry, beginning from Galilee to this place. When Pilate heard of Galilee, he asked whether the man was a Galilean. As soon as he knew that he belonged unto Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who himself was at Jerusalem at the time. So we see that he's, he's brought before Pilate, but Pilate kicks him to Herod. He didn't want a part of this. He didn't see any issues, and he had the power to release him right then in man's eyes. But this was ordained of God. This was ordained of God. Now, we're going to skip ahead. We're not going to read the entire trial. We know that they whipped him, that they plated the crown of thorns. They placed it on his head. We understand that. We understand that Peter denied him. We, we throw rocks, if you will, not literal, but figuratively. We throw rocks at Peter for denying Christ. We do the same. All 12 of the men, or all 11 at this time, Judas had already betrayed him. And we find out that Judas killed himself later. So we see the 11 all leaving Christ, denying him, running. But we throw rocks at, at Peter because he's the most vocal. But don't we do the same? Don't we also deny Christ at times? So let's jump ahead and we, we see him going after the trial, after the beatings, after all of that. And I'm not saying that that's not important. That is important. But the most important miracle that Christ did for us happens starting in verse 26. And as they led him away, they laid hold of one Simon, a Cyrenian, coming out of the country, and on him they laid the cross that he might bear it after Christ. Because he was beaten so badly, Jesus was beaten so badly, he couldn't even carry the cross. And there followed him a great company of people and of women, which were also bewailed and lame men in him. And Jesus turning unto them said, Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming in the which they shall say, Blessed are the barren, and the wombs that bear, and the paps which never gave suck. Then they shall they begin, then shall they begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. 
For if they do these things in a green tree, what shall be done in a dry? He's telling the people not to weep for him, but to weep for themselves because of what's coming, what's about to transpire in the world. And we're still living in that, and what's to be transpired. We're seeing scriptures being fulfilled day after day, time after time. And there were also two other malefactors led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. Even on the cross, even on the cross, even in the pain of the, of the cross of Calvary, Jesus is asking God his Father to forgive those that's doing that. And that statement is not just for the cross of Calvary. He still asks that question when we mess up. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. And the people stood beholding and the rulers with them derided him, saying he saved others. Let him save himself, if he be Christ, the chosen of God. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar, and saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. He wasn't there to save himself. He was there to save us. He was there to save them. He was there to save anyone that was ever born into this world. And a superscription also was written over him in the letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. The message was preached to the entire world on the cross of Calvary. Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. Oh wait, it doesn't say anything about Spanish or English. That was the language of the people. That was language of the law. That was the language of the Christian or the, the religious sect. And that was the language of the people. The message was preached unto the world on the cross of Calvary. One of the malefactors which were hanged round on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. He wasn't concerned about saving Christ. He was wanting to get off of the cross himself. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost thou not fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. This man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy heaven, or in coming into thy kingdom. And Jesus said, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Jesus saved even unto the death of the cross of Calvary. And because of the death of Cal on the cross of Calvary, he still saves. So if you do not know Jesus, today is the day. The time is now. This would be the best Christmas present you could give Jesus is yourself, your soul, your heart. And by giving him your heart and your soul, he gives you the gift of eternal life. It's a better win for you than it is for Christ. Because you see, Christ really don't need us. We may think he does, but he doesn't. We need Christ. Verse 44 and it was about the sixth hour, and there was a darkness over the earth until the ninth hour. And the sun was dark, and the veil of the temple was writ. 
rent in the midst. And when Jesus cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, forgive them. Or Father, into thy hands, excuse me. Father, into my hands, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. Until the very end. Now we know that he was taken down from the cross of Calvary and he was buried in a borrowed tomb. We know that he was there for three days and then on the third day he rose from the dead. The blessing, the miracle was the shedding of his blood on the cross of Calvary. It is without the remission, without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sin. That's the greatest miracle that he gave us. It wasn't the birth. It wasn't the time that he walked on the Sea of Galilee or in Bethlehem or Nazareth or even in Egypt when he was a little boy. The greatest miracle happened on the cross of Calvary, and that's our salvation. We know three days later he rose from the dead. Now upon the first day, chapter 24, the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came into the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living here among the dead? Christ is not dead. Christ is no longer in the tomb. Christ is no longer walking as a man on this earth. He is sitting at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you and I. Today is the day. The hour is now. The time has come. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today should be the day that you give it to him. Because, you see, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus. In just a few days, we celebrate on December the 25th, the birth of Jesus. But we can't not neglect, or we cannot neglect the cross of Calvary, because it is the cross of Calvary that gives us our salvation. And he told us in verse 44 of chapter 24, And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you, while I was wet yet with you, and that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses, and in the prophets, and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. If you don't understand what you're reading, he still opens up your understanding. All you've got to do is ask. And said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it is behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead in the third day, and that the repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Guys, that's real quick, and I apologize that it is so quick, but we, we, we could spend weeks just studying just the birth of Christ. We could spend weeks, months, years studying the life of Christ. We could spend years studying the death of Christ and still not come to the depths of knowledge, a complete and total understanding. He was born, yes. He was raised, yes. But he also died. And it is that death on the cross of Calvary that gives us our religious freedoms, that gives us our, our 
spiritual guidance. It is that death that gives, allows us to go home at the end of this life. So I am encouraging you, as I have throughout this entire broadcast, if you don't know Christ, if you do not know Jesus, give, you, give him your heart today, this moment, this hour, this minute. Some are watching live. Some will come tune in later and watch this on a repeat or later on in the day. Yes, that's fine. Maybe months from now. Maybe years from now. Somebody will come across this. The Jesus that I speak of today is that his power has never failed, nor has he ever, ever neglected anyone so if you're watching this today if you're watching this next week if you're watching this 20 years into the future i don't know i don't know how long we've got left but i know that we are supposed to teach and preach and to tell people about jesus so i'm here to encourage you i'm here to tell you now i'll also tell you that coming to jesus does not mean that you're never going to have a problem I mean, as I said at the start of this, my wife has been in the hospital for two weeks for COVID. But he's here with me. He's there with her. I can feel his presence. I know she can feel his presence. There are others that are suffering financially, physically, mentally, you name it. Christians that are suffering. It doesn't mean that Christ has forsaken us and left us. It just means that it's that part of our life. It's that season that we've got to go through. It's that walk through the valley of the shadow of death that we all must journey. But Christ will never leave us. He's always there with us. Merry Christmas. God bless you. Looking forward to seeing you. Hopefully with the team we'll be together next week. And you can hear voices of victory. Love, I'm missing their singing. Missing their playing, missing the the reading and requests for prayers, the reading of the word, I'm missing all of that. But the one thing that I'm not missing, I'm not missing Jesus because He's right here, with us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer in closing. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you this day. We thank you for your many blessings upon our lives, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to share the gospel. God, we ask that you'll move and that you'll touch, Lord, as only you can here this day. Lord, that you'll stretch forth your hand and that you'll move as only you can. Lord, that you'll bless those that are listening. Lord, those that may tune in that doesn't know you. Lord, I ask that you will, Lord, move, draw them by your Spirit to you. Lord, it's not because of me. It's not because of the, of the team. But Lord, it is all about you. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' sweet and holy name we pray. Amen. Guys, if you need something, please get on this page. Hit us up on Facebook. Write to us, outofthecode.net. You can also touch base with any of the ministry team that's got Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. Love you. Merry Christmas. We'll see you next week. <laughs>